This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Who is your Barney? 651 641 1071. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show. My Talk 1071. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Near. And when I ask you who is your Barney, what I mean by that is who was the character that as a child you loved and revered, Mm. who you would have protected at all costs. And the reason I'm asking that specifically is because that's kind of how they landed the plane on this um, Barney documentary. And oddly and interestingly, and also happily, the person who asked, who posed that question was Steve from Blue's Clues. So he's one of the people that's interviewed in this documentary, and that's kind of fun to like see him. Please tell me he had like a cigarette hanging out of his Listen, mouth or something. You know, he went on to have like a super like indie Porn rock career. experience oh. after leaving Blue's Clues, and now he's kind of like come full circle. He's back into his Blue's Clues life. Well, yeah, because there's a reason, right? I Aren't feel like there's a movie coming yeah. out or something that he's part of. And I love Steve, but he, you know, he used this to illustrate the point of like how it feels to people who love a certain character when people attack that character. Mm. And so he asked and and people answered and it was really cool. My husband and I were sitting on the couch and we both answered it for ourselves as a child. Who was the character uh, or I mean, it wouldn't necessarily have to be like a puppet. It could be a real human being yeah. that that you adored on television that taught you kind of your value system or the things that you cared about, who you would protect at all costs. Six, five, one, six, four, one, one, oh, seven, one. Shall we go to the phone? Oh, let's go to the phone. Barb is on the line. Hi, Barb. Hey, Barb. Hey. Barb, who was that character or, uh, you know, personality for you as a child? Well, I loved I loved Captain Kangaroo, but we watched Howdy Doody more than anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. God, yeah. I forgot about yes, Captain Kangaroo. Howdy Doody, you know, Buffalo Bob, Bob Smith was the uh, the guy on that show. But, you know, Howdy Doody was a puppet, of course. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we watched it every day. We loved that show. Oh, I love that. That's a great one. Thank you very much, Barb. Um, you know what? Speaking of puppets, I do have to bring this up really quick before we move on. One of the illustrations that they made in this documentary of how... The, the son of the creator of Barney had to kind of constantly compete with Barney was they brought up Candace Bergen, who has talked at length about the fact that her father, and now I can't remember the name of the puppet. Charlie McCarthy. Yeah. That, that oh, she yeah. felt like she had to compete with that puppet Edgar, for her entire Edgar life. Bergen? What was her Edgar Bergen. Yeah. yeah. Edgar yeah. Bergen. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting, right? Because there's like a precedent for that when a, when a, parent creates another character and that character becomes part of their persona and their profession and how that the child then feels. It was really interesting, but the thought of howdy doody made me think of that as well. Uh, Who was your Barney? Who was the character that, that you adored that instilled a lot of life lessons uh, and comfort in you as a child? Bradley, do you have one? Um, Colonel Sanders. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) 
Uh, no, Colonel, not Colonel Sanders. Probably, if I were to pick like actual children's, although I did like, who didn't love the avuncular Colonel Sanders? I'm right? sure he was a horrible person or something. Because like, you know, everything we've learned about. Uh, you can't have nice things. We once thought we're like, nope, actually, Colonel Sanders ate hamsters live. Oh. Uh, he chicken fried them hamsters. His finger licking good. <laughs> no, okay. but um, if I were to say like children's, uh, like when I was a kid, oh gosh, I think honestly, I, I waffle between Big Bird mm-hmm. and Kermit the Frog uh-huh. and like Miss Piggy. Like, you know, because I was very much like a Muppets kid. Right. So it doesn't surprise me that both, you know, on the one hand, because I think Big Bird was a little more like, just lovey, mm-hmm. but like I, you know, I think I related more to Kermit. Kermit was like always trying to find his place, yeah. but he was just like a he good, totally relatable, solid, nice he tried frog. Real hard. He tried so hard. Um, six five one six four one one zero seven one. Who was your Barney? Who was that? Uh, that figure during childhood that really kind of taught you a lot about life. And I'll tell you, Bradley, for what it's worth. A lot of people on the documentary also said Kermit. Yeah. And Big Bird was also named. You know, there are so many. Especially for kids of the 70s and 80s. Right. That was just such a presence in our lives. Absolutely. Let's go to, oh my goodness, we have two Gales on the line. Oh my God, Gale 1 and Gale 2. So we're going to go to Gale 1. Hello, you are Gale 1. Gale number 1. What was your Barney? What character uh, really uh, inspired you as a child? Well, it was Lamb Chop. Oh, I don't know. Do you remember Lamb Chop? Of course. Sherry always had her arm up Lamb Chop. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, but I just was in love with Lamb Chop. Yeah, who didn't love Lamb Chop? I remember being devastated when I learned that Lamb Chop wasn't real. real. (laughs) Honestly, did you have that experience too, Gail? I did, yes. Yes. Where I, was I just like, thought it was her sidekick. Me and too. She was a ventriloquist. I understood all of that. But she was so good, and yeah. Lamb Chap was so real. Right, and the character was so different from her that they, like, yes. Uh, yes. Oh, I love that, Gail. Thank you for your call. Uh, and let's go to Gail, the second Gail. Gail, the second. Hello, second Gail. Uh, who was your Barney? Who was that character for you as a child that uh, that you just loved and adored? You know, personally, mine mine would have been Casey Jones, but I, I mentioned Mister Rogers because mm-hmm. when I was raising my two kids, if Mister Rogers came on, it just calmed everything down mm-hmm. and oh, sure. their energy, and they would sit and watch, and it was like a gift. Yeah. I hear you, Gail. Oh, Thank gosh. you. That was mine, was Mr. Rogers. Oh, sure. Like, I loved Mr. Rogers. Yeah. And I, that, like she said, it would just calm everything. You felt, when I watched Mr. Rogers, I felt, like, safe. And I I just have such a memory of, of, of the time every day. And it was only on once a day. Like, you couldn't. We couldn't like binge it. It yeah. wasn't on demand. You watched Mr. Rogers when Mr. Rogers showed up on your screen. Yeah. And that was like sacred time at my house. Uh, let's go to Carol. Hello, Carol. Carol. Hi, Carol. Who was your Barney? Who was the character when you were young that you really looked up to? It was Mr. Moose on Captain Kangaroo. Oh, Mr. yeah. Moose. But what really cracked me up was Bunny Rabbit whenever. 
Captain Kangaroo would say something and he would slam his head on the door and hit his glasses on the <laughs> top of the table. <laughs> oh, Carol, thank you for your call. And then let's let Carla have the final word. Hi. Hi, Carla. Carla, who was the character that uh, really inspired you as a child? Hey, good morning. It was not only Captain Kangaroo, but Captain Eleven. Who's Captain Eleven? I don't know that one. He was out of South Dakota. Oh, that's why I don't know him. Yeah. So was he like a, a kind of like a Captain Kangaroo character? Like he would show yeah, up every day? Yeah, but and- he wore a pilot suit. And then you could actually go to the studio. And oh, that was cool. like awesome. Did you get to do that ever, Carla? I did. It was so amazing. Yeah, I bet that that's like a really strong memory. Because <laughs> that, <is>. that is something <laughs> that's not, you know, a, an everyday usual occurrence. Right, oh, right. I love it. Carla, thank you so much. And I'll tell you, you know, somebody mentioned Casey Jones. And my mom, still to this day, will talk about Casey Jones and what Casey Jones meant to her as a child. And that was very much like a local. Yeah, I was going to say that had to have been a Minnesota thing. It was a Minnesota thing. Makes me think of Mrs. What's Her Nuts from Romper Room. Oh, good old Mrs. What's Her Nuts. They had all different kinds of Mrs. What's Her Nuts, <laughs> yeah. though. Whatever her name was, Gail, Francine. What was her name? I don't know because I did you don't, watch you didn't no, watch Romper I never Room? watched oh my god Romper like Room. I see Billy and I see Bobby and then there was like the big B buzzity buzz yeah I super don't mm-hmm. think I watched that um I will say really quickly about Casey Jones my grandfather my mom's father uh he fixed cars that's one of the things he did at one point in his life and Casey Jones took his car to my grandfather oh, that's and cool. my mom got to meet him and can you just imagine as a child oh that'd be awesome yeah right meeting meeting the person in life yeah who is your barney like yeah. who's the person it would be that, like, like meeting bozo the clown because right? when i was a kid that was the you know that was the local like sort of live character show right although i would have been freaked out as bleep if Bozo the Clown had like walked around the corner, I would have been like, ah! <laughs> rolled up to the Perkins sorry, and he was getting into a mammoth muffin. Very, very creepy about Bozo the Clown. Well, all clowns. Thank you very His much. His hair looks like a bowl or well, an Well, it ashtray. was the hair. Like, I don't understand where the hair came from. Because wasn't it like flipped yeah. upside down? Yeah. Like, yeah, it was it like, a like a reverse Donna Reed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like a <laughs> nacho bowl. Like a, like I'm not going to say it. What? Nothing. It's not a sex act. Thank you, Lori. When we return on the ah, Colleen and Bradley show. What has this show become? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, Elvira's got opinions about Madonna. Speaking of reverse cowgirl. <laughs> when we come back, Bradley is going to share Elvira's opinions on Madonna after this on My Talk 1071. Uh, and I actually thought it Gatlin was Brothers? about Oak Ridge Boys. Oak Ridge Boys, yeah. Is that who it is, House? Yeah. Uh, I actually thought it was about Elvira, and uh, that's why. Who's to say it's not? I don't know, actually. Mm-hmm. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Hi. And Elvira is speaking about Madonna. Yeah, you know, TMZ caught up with uh, Cassandra Peterson, a.k.a. Elvira. Uh, apparently, she was not surprised, y'all, that Madonna is a gay person. At least, you know, there's this whole according story. According to you know, TikTok. According to, well, according to Madonna's TikTok mm-hmm. account. Uh, Elvira says she's not surprised by Madonna coming out as gay. Now, what what's interesting is I just love Elvira because two things. One, it's Elvira season, so she knows her moment. Number two, mm-hmm. she's like a, like a, what do you call this? Like not a colleague, 
but like a contemporary mm-hmm. of Ms. Madonna, like a strong ass woman who like made a name for herself and a character that goes, I think, beyond who she actually is. Mm-hmm. I think Elvira is a little more aware of that than Madonna. However, when TMZ caught up with her, she just like she she was dropping some uh, juicy gossip that I didn't know. Well, first of all, I guess I didn't realize because now I need to go back and watch Elvira's uh, or not watch read her memoir, Yours Cruelly, Elvira, Memoirs of the Mistress of the Dark. Apparently, she uh, just had a, a book come out. Oh. And in it, apparently, she revealed that she'd been dating a woman for nearly two decades. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. So, I learned something. But she says that Madonna tried to steal her girlfriend back in the day. Okay, I, this is one of those moments where I wish I could have been a fly on the wall yeah. at whatever this occasion was. So uh, it says that she, you know, she basically, when she talked about Madonna, she was like, yeah, I'm not shocked. Um, she's always, you know, considered herself to be fluid. And um, now for those who don't remember, that is her sexuality is fluid, not like Things she's, she's not actually liquefied. <laughs> Well, that would be cool. Yeah, interesting. Uh, you'll remember Madonna did that TikTok on Sunday where she threw her panties in a trash can or tried to and missed, and that meant she was gay or something. I, don't I know still don't understand are it. Are the kids doing that? I don't know, and I like, have kids. Panties in the trash? Am I gay? I don't know. I literally don't know. I don't either, but that's what Madonna did. And so she acknowledged the fact, apparently, that you know it's taken Madonna a while to come out, if indeed that's what she actually did. And was like, also did the thing that you should, that everybody should do, which is like, people can come out whenever they want. Mm -hmm. So Madonna's a hundred and she comes out, she's allowed to do that. It doesn't mean anything. Um, And uh, there was this other anecdote, but now it's not in here about uh, this girlfriend in the past. Anyway, so I just wanted to throw some love towards Elvira because she's another one of those characters from our past that, you know sort of just seems larger than life and you know has lots of juicy gossip to share. You know, Elvira... And I'm looking up her memoir. Well, I'm, I would actually like to read her memoir because I don't... Like, Elvira is... How do I explain this? It's hard to explain this. Elvira is a person that just has sort of always been in my consciousness. Well, yeah, she's been around since you've been alive. Right, mm-hmm. and so, but, I, but if you said to me who is Elvira or what is Elvira? I I wouldn't be able to, it's not like I'd be like, Oh yeah, Elvira from this show or, you know what I'm saying? It's just like her personality was just a personality that was there. She did the talk show circuits, et cetera. But I can't say that I still even today understand how Elvira got to be Elvira and what Elvira was. Well, and you rem- you you might remember, I don't know, I remember the film that she did, and I have to believe, and now I want to go look. I think it came out maybe in the 90s. Elvira, Elvira Mistress of the Dark. 1988. Okay, so yeah, that would make sense, because that's right around the time that I was like obsessed with a bunch of hilarious women, including, but not limited to, Judy Tanoon, who we just talked about. Mm-hmm. But uh, Elvira, that's when that's when she sort of took that character and then like, because we'd all sort of been aware of the character. And so mm-hmm. then it took on this whole new sort of pop culture level where everybody now knows what an Elvira is, even if you don't know where she came from. Mm-hmm. And she came from that late, like late night or not late night. Yeah. Late night. Right. Like that um, sort of like mistress of the dark. We're going to watch B movies and I'm going to be a sexy lady. Oh, mm-hmm. Kind of like Vampira back in the fifties. Yeah. But then she upped it 
to the 80s. Well, and sort <laughs> of yeah, it 80s fight it, right? Like, yes. you know, just got real Booby. obvious mm-hmm. about it. But yeah. she, there was always a, like, and I don't know, I'm not a woman, so I can't speak to the female experience. But for me, she always represented a woman who had sexuality, but understood the power of her sexuality. And I know that for a teenage boy uh, who was in the closet at the time, this is like a weird uh, awareness to have. But she had some power over her sexuality, which gave her a power over men, which was a place that women up until that point didn't really have, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so th- I think that to me represented what was special about yeah. her. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, that's definitely like, I, I don't I don't know that I've ever actually synthesized that about her. And that actually makes perfect sense. Um, because she did occupy a certain space at that time in a way that not many people were. Um, yeah. Well, cause like, yeah, I remember from the movie, she had that sense of essentially being like, Oh, men are so predictable, but like, she was not ashamed of her, you know, buxom beauty. Yeah. Yeah. Her ladiness. Her ladiness. Uh, what is the name of her autobiography or her memoir again? Uh, her memoir is called, uh, let me find it, Yours Cruelly, Elvira. And I do want to, I'm actually going to put this on my list because I, I imagine that she intersected with all sorts of fascinating people at a time, mm-hmm. which mm, was probably very difficult for women yeah. in positions like hers. Yeah. I look forward to your review of that book. Thank you. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, celebrities behaving badly, we have a name for them. We call them D-Bags. Oh, celebrities behaving badly. We love to tell you about them on the Colleen and Bradley show. My talk 1071, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. And uh, we have a name for them. That name is Bags of D. Yep. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag. Of the day. I suppose that would be a different thing. It's a whole different segment. Whole separate kettle of fish. So to speak. Um, you want to know who my D bag is? Yeah, who's your bag? Of, your I'm sorry. Who's your D bag? <laughs> Kim Kardashian. Oh. Uh, I. Was I, that a porpoise? What was that? Didn't. Well. <laughs> I did not want to know this. But now I know this, and know? now you need to know this. Oh, great. I love when you pass off your disgusted on, on us. Well, this was on the show The Kardashians, apparently. Oh, great. And I didn't watch it, and so I was fine. And then I saw this headline, and I clicked it because I'm a glutton for punishment. Yeah, well, and you have a show. And here's the headline. Kim Kardashian reveals she had fireplace sex with Pete Davidson <laughs> in honor of her grandma. What? Oh my God! All those words—that was a word. That was Mad Libs. What? Let me do this again for you. Fireplace sex. Yep. Kim Kardashian reveals she had. This sounds like a Mad Lib. It really does. Fireplace sex with Pete Davidson in honor of her grandma. No, that's none of that makes any sense. I don't even know what that means. What is fireplace sex? Yeah. Is that like you mm-hmm. pretend one of you's the chimney and the other one? Oh, okay. I have to stop myself. Yeah, please do. Uh, let me read you the quote from the show. You know what's so crazy? She asked her grandmother. I'm sorry. That is just terrible. What? 
She said, you know what's so crazy? Pete and I were staying at the Beverly Hills Hotel last weekend, and we were sitting in front of the fireplace and just talking for hours. And I was like, my grandma told me that you really live life when you have sex in front of the fireplace. And so we had sex in front of the fireplace in honor of you. She said this to her grandmother. Oh, God. I can't. I cannot. I cannot. I want everybody, wherever you are right now, to imagine your grandma. Mine nope. is dearly departed. Um, but I'm going to conjure her up for this moment and imagine saying this to your grandmother and then to me, I would like to rapture myself now. To me, I'm raptured the moment my loved one who I want to get hot and horny with goes, (laughs) you know, my grandma said was really horny if we had sex in front of the fireplace. (laughs) First of all, if my loved one talked like that, that would not do anything for my libido (laughs) and Mentioning grandma is about really, the quickest way yeah. to uh, make things uh, come to a screeching ground cold. floor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's nasty. It's <laughs> so gross. <laughs> and then who goes, yeah. 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 Let's, let's prove grandma right. And then who decides <laughs> to close the loop oh. by then giving a report to hey, grandma? Grammy. Now I would got busy last night. Thanks. She did have some sort of self awareness. Kim did. She said, "I know that's really creepy." So that was her self awareness. Okay. Her eighty eight year old grandma wanted to clarify this was not in the lobby of the hotel. Oh. And Kim you said, "No, do that in the lobby, did you? Thanks, not in grandma. the lobby." Kim said, but followed that with, "But how creepy to think about your grandma before you have sex." Awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Inside thoughts. I'd be like, oh, Kimberly. Oh, Kimberly, that's too much. I don't need to know that. Well, that's not what her grandma said. Her grandma said, I know, but I was younger once. I was younger once. Well, yeah. Every grandma got horny once, obviously, or we wouldn't be here. Exactly. I mean, that's, I want, get that on a t shirt. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Every grandma got horny once. Or every grandma gets horny at least once. And that's why we're here. World's horniest grandma. I think uh, Suzanne Summers already has that. Oh man, oh, she's boy. got that on lock. Uh, anywho, now you now you know. Now I know, and so you have to. Thanks. Know. That was You're a public welcome. service you just performed. Uh-huh. I'll put that in the public file, and yeah, I'm going to return do. the kindness. Oh great! Who's your d bag? Kim Kardashian. Oh dear! Oh wow, it's a Boko. <laughs> yes, buy one. It's the same one. Yeah. Uh, just keep, <laughs> you just keep getting it. Thanks, Flipper. Uh, all right. Well, Kim Kardashian gets my D-bag selection for the day because she was blindsided. You guys, she was blindsided by fans' anger over that Variety interview she did. Oh, the one where she said that nobody wants to work and people need to get their butts up and work? She told women, women, Mm -hmm. quote, get your bleeping up and work. So now this apparently has made it to the Kardashians TV show Time Space Space Time Continuum uh, because it was the latest uh, episode that brought us to this place. And she was shocked, shocked. It's like I said what I said about people working. Do I believe in that? Yes. I believe that you have to work hard in order to do that. But I was just so blindsided by how angry people got. Mm. She goes on to note that she understood why people were triggered by her comment. Really? But actually, I don't I don't think you do. You might understand now uh-huh. because somebody pointed the world was like snap. Um 
And she talks about apparently why uh, she said she went on to understand that she understood why people were triggered, telling her family she knows that people weren't given the same opportunities they were. So you say those words, but here is the thing, because some PR person probably told you or or I'm going to just give her all the credit and say she thought of this herself after the fact. But at the end of the day, do you not see what the problem is? Because like in your world, that seems totally Okay. Right. So the world that you live in thought it was a good idea to look at a camera Mm -hmm. with all that you have in the world and all that you provide and Mm -hmm. all that you could create and shame women for not working hard enough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it, it is no more complicated. It's not, I'm not putting the world's problems on Kimberly. I'm simply saying the fact that she exists in a world that doesn't allow her to see what's right in front of her is what's is what the problem is. The problem is not even so much her as it is the world that created her. Right. The other thing is, is like if you find yourself ever in your life and this is like a, I will just say this is a blanket statement. If you ever find yourself saying the words, I was blindsided by people's reaction to something I did, that's information. That's like an opportunity for you to examine why that might have been and then like integrate that. Right. But instead, it sounded to me like her being blindsided by it did not move her to any type of like self. Yeah revelation or or just um i would call it humility or yeah. like compassion no it was just like that existed as like a statement but not like an actual opportunity for her yeah Ugh. she she went on to say um and, and again this was all because of the latest episode which is where mm-hmm. you told about the horny uh the fireplace, fireplace sex. sex with grandma granny um, she goes on to say, you know, and, and this is another movement that I love that people do. Cause like, it's just, it's, this just further shows that you're not being thoughtful about the words that come out of your mouth. She talks about her mom and how her mom was super successful. And it's like, yeah, your mom was super successful, but that you can't then here's what she said. Mom really started her career in making money at 50. So it's like growing up and seeing her hustle and seeing her get up every day with all these kids that she had to take care of. I saw her work her bleep off and figure it out. And that really inspired me to work. Um, That's cool. Right. You can't then put that on other people because not everybody else had that same opportunity that your mom did. What Mm -hmm. your mom did is amazing. I mean, we credit Kris Jenner all the time. Like, it's easy to poke fun. And I think you do them a disservice if you simply write them off as like, oh, they're stupid. Like, I don't think they're stupid. Right. I don't like there are a lot of critiques I think you can legitimately have. But to just write them off as like getting attention for nothing. I think that misses the true talent that's actually going on behind the scenes. But the fact that we live in a world that that wants to put that up on a pedestal, that might be a little problematic anyway. So she has like the awareness that her mom was successful. Right. But it's the lack of awareness that um, it's only because of where her mom was and who her mom was that she was a I shouldn't say only it was in large part due to who her mom was and where her mom was that she was allowed to because there are a lot of women with way less that work up every day with more than Kim's mm-hmm. mom ever faced and are equally 
as hardworking. Right. But Kim doesn't see them. No, and that's the frustrating. I mean, first of all, she's prescriptive, which is just a, a generally. What do you mean by that? Irritating uh, personality trait. She's saying like, th- this was this for me. Therefore, you should do. This. You should also do that. Yeah. And that's just an, that's like a. That's a quick way to lose an argument. It's just like, that is, that's... Like, well, I did it. It's not compassionate. It doesn't... It, it's it's all about you and not about, like, reality. Yeah, it makes you feel good. Right. So she felt good when she said that, but she didn't understand how that landed on other people. And to your point, Bradley, there are people who work twice as hard, three times as hard as Chris Jenner does, and do not enjoy the yeah. uh, oh, fruits I... of her labor... Uh, like she does, right? Because they're not working in the same environment. So there's just that disconnect again of a lack of awareness of who yeah. they are and where they sit. A lot of people, you know, you can have, and she should be proud of her mom and she should lift up her mom, but don't take it to that level where it's like her mother is somehow magic. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, and that's, I think, and also that people would snap back and, and like, like you're presenting all of this to the world that yeah. the world would then have an opinion bothers you is also a sign of an issue mm-hmm. in what you think you're on this planet to do. Right. Because I think like this family in particular has this weird blind spot where they get real affronted when people have opinions about yeah. them. And I'm like, the only reason they do is because you're making a lot of money yeah. off of them, which right. I feel like it's their right to do. Right. I mean, that's, Sort of People how the exchange works all the time. Yeah. Then it further feeds into the clapback cycle. Clap back! <laughs> oh my god! I just clap back on her, clapping back at people, clapping back at her. There's that now. It's applause. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, cereal is it healthy? <laughs> it's Bradley, a lot less healthy than you thought it was. Bradley Trainer will report on that cereal person after this on my talk 1071 hey my talkers bradley here you know at some point most of us are going to be faced with helping a family member transition from the home they've lived in for years to a place they can get the care and support they need that's a difficult complicated journey but luckily i know someone who can help you through that process her name is jennifer snyder and the whole snyder team with exp realty have helped hundreds of families in this exact situation they're going to work with you to coordinate all the complicated moving parts from organization and estate planning to staging and selling the home in addition to helping families buy and sell homes for the last 25 years jennifer is specially trained as a senior advisor in real estate she understands how to help families navigate through difficult times families like our own listener katie jennifer helped katie's mom and dad transition to assisted living at a particularly difficult time. She said, Jennifer's care and wisdom throughout the process was so appreciated. I can't say enough good things about her and her team. If you're facing a transition, call Jennifer directly at 651-592-6600. Thank you, Holly. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show. My Talk 1071, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. And, uh, you know, it's serial chat here. Um, I like cereal. I do like cereal, and Yum. I have a feeling you're about to no, lift you your don't. leg you like on cereal. Blow. That's not cereal. That's not the name of the cereal. Oh, I'm sorry, Corn Bran, aka Colon Blow. It's not even you can't even get it anymore. It's so sad because nobody liked it except for me. 
What do you want to tell us about cereal? Cereal! What um, are you going to lift your leg on today, Bradley? Well, actually, I'm not lifting my leg. It's the FDA who has changed. And actually, th- this was, I found this to be fascinating. And I want to talk to you about how the FDA has changed its um, requirements for what's considered healthy, especially as it relates to things like cereal. And so this article I read just had the seven cereals that are no longer as healthy as you thought they were. And I thought... Not because they changed, but because the regulations changed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The FDA changed, again, its rules, which uh, rendered some of these things not healthy, according to the FDA. And... My prem or my my response to that headline was like, well, okay, but did we really think cereals were healthy? I mean, I know we did in the eighties, mm-hmm. maybe the nineties. Mm-hmm. I mean, even when we were eating Kashi in what the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, I think we just all understood that, like, if you're just eating cereal, probably you need to add some other things, right? Right. Well, according to these new uh, definitions. Or this new guidance, um, courtesy of the FDA, in order to be considered healthy, cereals have to contain three fourth ounces of whole grains, okay, and no more than one gram of saturated fat, two hundred and thirty milligrams of sodium, and two point five grams of added sugars. That is not a lot of sugar. Mm-mm. As a result, some of your favorite cereals from perhaps your childhood or today, depending on what your relationship with cereal is, uh, are no longer healthy, including but not limited to Raisin Bran. Ooh, people thought that one was real healthy. Even cornflakes. Even life. Even Special K. That's the one that got... I had a conversation this morning with somebody who was like, Special K isn't healthy anymore. And I was like, it never was. Yeah, I mean, again... It, ha- it it didn't change. So if you right. were eating Special K yesterday, it's doing the same thing in you that uh, it's doing today. Uh, and um, But the, the uh, FDA would like you to know that that's not considered healthy because uh, Special K runs afoul of two of the FDA's new recommendations with 270 versus 230 grams, milligrams of sodium and four grams versus two and a half grams of added sugars. Lots of people are going to be real devastated today. Well, you know, I don't know that anybody's going to be devastated because, again, I think we've all made our peace with cereal. Like, it's just either in your life or it's not in your life. Do you you have kids? So presumably you've got cereal at home. We have cereal. They don't love cereal. I mean, I'll be honest, like the cereal exists. We always only have one cereal at a time because they are one box, one box of one kind. Oh, wow. So like that's like. My God, we used to go through boxes a week. We did too, but my kids just aren't like interested in it. But if they do want cereal, they want one kind. Are they doing the like kind smoothies changes, and quinoa bowls for they breakfast? Do, uh, one of them does a smoothie uh, and like eggs. Um, one of them likes a little peanut butter toast. Mm. You know, but they don't go for cereal usually. They do occasionally. Yeah. Now, when I was a kid, I pounded cereal like it was my job. Oh, two bowls of cereal for sure Easy. first thing in the morning. Easy. Yeah. And we had a variety. So it was like you'd go to the cereal buffet and you could like choose. And my kids just I mean, I if I buy cereal, it will go stale. So right now we That's only crazy. have honey nut Cheerios, which well, has made also, the list. Also, okay, here's here's a good comparison. So I didn't know this. Special K, four grams of added sugar. Mm-hmm. Not healthy mm-hmm. today. Thank you. Um 
for hitting us over the head with Honey Nut Cheerios. Twelve. I know grams of added sugar. Look at me, bad mom. I didn't even look at the label. Uh, it's about the same as Frosted Mini Wheats, which mm. also has twelve grams. Life has eight. I'm surprised because life to me it was always like the boring cereals for. These are all the boring cereals for me as a kid, which tells you, you why. What this is hilarious because these were like the sugar cereals at my house. Oh no, these <laughs> like to me Raisin Bran old people cereal. When I was a kid, right, when right, I was right. a kid, uh-huh. yeah. Raisin Bran was for old people. Yep. Uh-huh. Honey Nut Cheerios, ew. Mm-hmm. Corn Flakes, ew. You had to put a ton of sugar on those. Honey Bunches of Oats, I those were actually good. Mm-hmm. Frosted Mini Wheats, really good. But Life and Special K again. Life, eh. cardboard. Special K. These were the cereals that if my mom brought them home, we were like, you do like us. Well, what was a healthy cereal? Uh, Corn bran, probably. What Um, about all bran that used to look like the hamster I loved that stuff. Yeah, I don't know. We got real, we did get real branny at our house. Uh Um, I loved Cracklin' Oat bran. I did love Cracklin' Oat bran because that was, I remember when that came out on the market, it was, you know, because that's when oat bran was going to save us all from heart attacks. Right. Remember? Right. Yeah. We got really branny at our house, I think. Uh, Rice checks. These were regular. All bran has eight grams of added sugar per serving. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not healthy. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that like. Yeah. Because you need to add sugar. I mean, it's literally like. You know, I don't know, like ground up doorstops. Cracklin' Oprah has 15 grams of so, added sugar. But also, I mean, the thing is, is like, remember, we were looking for different things then. Oh, for right? sure. Oh, yeah. So, like, oh, it's a little fat. So, we That's thought, we like, we were looking for lies. We were looking for <laughs> Like, at the time, it was like, Bran, get your Bran on. And so, like, we got super Branny. Like, we just had a lot of brands. Um, but that was like the, that was, and then it was like fat free. Okay. So it doesn't have any fat. It can have all the sugar in the world. Oh, yeah. I would eat bags of licorice. Right. So like we were just looking for different things. And so it was like, it seemed now, right? Like at well, one point these felt healthy and now the standards have changed. I will say like for me, Raisin Bran was like healthy cereal because raisins, cause like as a kid, right. raisins were not, cause we were like, you know, now I love raisins. Like I put raisins in my oatmeal. I like put them in salads. I just love raisins because I've become my grandmother. But when I was a kid, raisins were like, ew, who would eat raisins? Right. You know, and again, like now if you think about raisin brand, it had how much? Nine grams of added sugars. And we had no idea. And that's on top of whatever sugar is in raisins. Right. Because they have sugar in them. Right. So. Just and we just were not paying attention to that. Eat your Uncle Sam's. What's that? Is that Uncle the colon blow thing? Uh, well, not quite. Uncle Sam's original wheat berry flakes have zero added sugar. Oh. Yeah, and so does Alpen muesli. No sugar added. That stuff's delicious. Remember I did muesli, love a muesli. Raisins. And that sort nuts. of entered the American yeah. market. And it was like fancy. It was like... Dried fruit. Yeah. And nobody... That was like we hadn't had that it was before. very European. Very, very continental. Like, oh, okay. um, Holly, we we have not. I, I venture to guess you probably had a lot of cereals in your house as a kid. Yes, but like Colleen, I was very much attracted to the bran and fiber. What subgenre? As a child, as a child, like yes. what? Like all bran. Mm-hmm. You ate all bran as a kid yes. on purpose. On purpose. Mm-hmm. Also, grape nuts. Yes. My mom. That was my mother's. I don't love the sugars in that. I got. I can't lie to you. Although it's a little hard on the teeth, that's why I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't want to work so hard. Literally, is like you went 
I I don't I can't even think of a substance that mm-hmm. resembles great nuts in nature. There isn't. <laughs> there isn't. Uh, I would say like pebbles. Actually, yeah. like if you went out to a, it, it would, a rug driveway and just took a spoonful, it's similar. Yeah, spoonful that, of that. Or I feel like you could find it somewhere at Home Depot. True. Right, mm. as some sort of like building material. Well, you know what? Grit. They're missing synergy opportunities. <laughs> true. These it great really, nuts folks true. and the Home Depot. But- okay, well, just know that the new guidance for what consider what is considered healthy has changed. Mm-hmm. And it might make you look askance when you're walking down the cereal aisle. Although I still go down the cereal aisle every time I'm at the grocery store, even though I don't buy cereal really, um, because I want to look at all the flavors. Well, there's new stuff all the time. Oh yeah, cereal and chip aisle. Those are my favorite. Mm. Oh hey, we're in Count Chocula season. Oh, oh and blueberries. Oh, season mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Who knew? Apparently, you guys did. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, what is the weirdest thing your parent does or has done? 651-641-1071. Oh, we did that willingly. We'll take your calls after this on My Talk 1071. For nine years, a dangerous man terrorized women, breaking into homes and raping his victims before killing a brilliant young scientist in 1998. The more the victims resisted, the more violent he became. Then he suddenly stops, leaving police with a lot of clues and one unknown subject. I'm Paul Wagner. Join me for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms today. Okay.